0: Uh, I think most of them caught this, but this is only our second week with that video, and so that is your cue to get to head out to your awesome kids programming and worship God in that way. Well, this morning, uh, I am thrilled to get to introduce you to our guest who is here to preach this morning. Uh, Yesterday, Johnny and Friends hosted their second annual One Body Disability Conference here And there was a a group of people here who were just lifting up what it means to acknowledge um, that all people are made in the image of God. And that we get to be a part of that in God's story. And so Emily is a nationally known author and speaker and advocate. So she speaks all around the country. And she has written a beautiful book, Dancing with Max. And uh, it tells the story, and she's going to tell us some beautiful stories this morning of her journey with her son, Max, who's now 28, and um, also happens to have autism. And so uh, getting to hear her yesterday, I got to hear her, and just as a mom to a child who also has special needs, um, her, her thoughts uh, are really important to me, and I think they are important to the world because they, they really are God's heart. For people, and so I am um, grateful that she is here, getting to celebrate God's design for the body of Christ. And so, would you welcome Emily up this morning? Thank you. So much. Thank you.
1: Good morning. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you. My voice sounds loud all of a sudden, doesn't it? Oh, God is good. I'll tell you what. So. I um, spoke all day yesterday and uh, spoke this morning at the first service. I was okay when I arrived here. I'd had a bug, but I arrived and yesterday lost my voice. So uh, it's interesting. Um, Some of you probably... Knew of my dad, Chuck Colson, and Prison Fellowship Ministries. And I was at a Prison Fellowship event a week ago at the Watergate. And it was there that I caught a bug. <laughs> i give you a minute. You have to be very careful when you go to the Watergate. It's a joy to be with you this morning And share a little bit about my story with my son, Max, who's 28 and has a diagnosis of autism. And God continues to write an extraordinary story in our lives, as I know he writes in yours. I hope this morning will be an encouragement to you. I hope it will affirm the value of every life and remind us that God's design for his church is beautiful. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. Well, I want to tell you this one, my favorite thing to say about Max. Max loves church. Oh, that's such a huge victory because we spent years at home But Max loves church. He loves church so much that he even loves other churches. He fell in love with this one program on television. He wouldn't go to school until he'd watched it. Same program, same service every single morning, wasn't our denomination. It didn't matter. We'd call it prayer TV. And Max would watch that. He'd watch it in the afternoon. Now he goes to YouTube when I let him use YouTube. And he looks up that service. And it's this beautiful prayer set to song. We took several trips to this church. It's about 150 miles from us in Massachusetts. And we've always had blessings. So on this last trip, We invited some friends to come with us, my friend Christine and her son Christopher. Christopher also has autism, and Christopher is blind. Well, we each drove from our different states and took about four hours for each of us. We arrived at that church maybe 20 minutes early, and I said, we've just got to go in because Max wants to soak up every minute in this church. We got in there, and he's just looking around and just enthralled with the beauty of this church that he knows from television. He was so excited. He's sitting in a pew, which I just have to tell you, the fact that Max was sitting in the church is a huge victory in itself. He's so excited in anticipation of the worship that he's throwing his hands up and he's yelling, We're going to sing God's praises. That's what we should be doing, right? In our excitement. Well, there was a woman on the other side of the church. She had on a bright blue shirt. And she started to come over towards us. She leaned into my friend, Christine. And she got really close and she gave one of those head nods toward Max. And she said, he doesn't belong. Now, I didn't really know what she meant. It wasn't our church. It wasn't our denomination. But then she said, I can't think. I can't pray. Can't you just leave? He doesn't belong. Well, I want you to know that what happened there Has nothing to do with any denomination. It has nothing to do with that church or even that woman. But it has everything to do with our common human condition. There's a story in Matthew 20 where Jesus is leaving the city of Jericho and he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to what we will celebrate as Palm Sunday, the triumphal entrance into Jerusalem. Jesus had a mission before him, the cross before him, greater than any mission of anyone in history or anyone to come. As Jesus is leaving Jericho, there's a crowd around him, and he hears The voices of two men that cry out from the side of the road. Two blind beggars cry out in desperation for Jesus. And you know what the crowd around Jesus does? My NIV Bible says the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. Now, we know embedded in that is you don't have any value. Jesus doesn't have time for you. You don't belong. But when the crowd tries to silence them, the two blind beggars cry out even louder to Jesus because they knew he was their only hope. And then there's this moment that I just love. Jesus stopped with the crowd around him and the cross before him. Jesus stopped. He didn't listen to the voices of the crowd. He listened to the voices of the two men crying out, Desperate for him. Jesus turned to them, asked what they wanted. And when they said they wanted their sight, Jesus could have healed them from a distance. We know that. He had a mission, Jerusalem before him. He could have healed them from a distance, but he didn't. Jesus approached those two men, he got close. Very close. He put his hands on their place of brokenness and brought them healing. Jesus stepped in. The voice of the crowd is very loud these days, telling us which lives have value and which lives do not. The prisoner. The disabled, the elderly, the frail, the weak, the inconvenient, the disruptive. But Jesus calls us, his church, to affirm the value of life, to step in, to defend the weak, to defend life. But let me ask you a hard question. Will the church be able to defend life if the church is not yet able to sit beside that very same life for an hour in the pew on Sunday morning? Well, I want to take you back to that church We'd driven 150 miles to go and visit and be a part of and worship. The woman in the bright blue shirt is leaning into my friend, Christine, and she just kept saying, he doesn't belong. But my friend, Christine, kept smiling back with grace. And she kept responding, all are welcome." All are welcome. Well, we stayed in that church. Couldn't turn around and go home. I'm so thankful for a friend beside me to be our voice because I might have been crushed if she'd done that to me. But we had an advocate with us who spoke up and said there's value. We stayed in that church, and I will tell you the worship Coming out of Max, the joy, I don't think the church had ever seen anything quite like this. He was so joyful and so jumpy and loud, and the priest would say something, and of course Max has memorized the whole thing. priest would say, and peace be with you, and Max would answer, and also with you, and he's throwing his hands up. I don't know if we looked like church or a soccer match, but... It was glorious. At one point, the pastor or the priest, who was very serious, he just broke into laughter, into this holy joy that he could not contain for the beauty. At the end, I leaned over and I hugged Max. So overwhelmed by what God does. So overwhelmed by Max's beauty, and as I was hugging him, I could see someone staring at me. I looked up, and it was the woman in the bright blue shirt, and she was smiling. She got it. 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen and 22. God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Those parts that seem weaker are indispensable. God calls us to him not because we are worthy, but because he is great. God places value in every life, and he is calling us, his church, to affirm that value. The crowd is very loud These days. But Jesus didn't listen to the crowd, and he doesn't want us to either. We should look radically different than the rest of society because we, as the church, are to be a reflection of the coming kingdom, the hope of the good to come. And what if Jesus were to give us some kind of a picture of that coming kingdom? What if Jesus gave us a guest list for the coming kingdom? Listen to this. In Luke 14, 13, when you give a banquet, now by that Jesus is giving a picture of the coming kingdom. And remember, we as the church are to reflect that coming kingdom. Jesus said, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. I'm so thankful for this church, Faith Covenant Church, for your open hearts and open eyes and open doors. We were home from church for five years. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know People could not figure out how to go to church. But, you know, Max, he does not have the spiritual gift of sitting still or being quiet. I just couldn't figure out how that meshed with church. Sometimes we're working so hard to make our churches perfect that we forget that the people who are coming in aren't. Well, God opened the most remarkable path for Max to come back into the church. Max gave his life to Christ at 13 years old. My dad had the privilege of baptizing Max. And God opened the door for Max to come back into the church. He comes to serve. He serves as a greeter. He serves on the welcome center. He serves in kids church helping. He serves on the cleanup crew. He does have the spiritual gift of vacuuming. Do want to just tell you that <laughs> Max is wiggly. He is loud. He is beautiful, and he is loved. Our pastor has given Max a title. He is called the back of the church worship leader, and I want to this morning give you a little picture of what it looks like on a Sunday morning in the back. Of our church. Can we show that video?
0: I can do all things. All All things. All things. All things.
1: All things. All things. All
0: things. All
1: That's joy of worship, right? (laughs) God has used Max, this young man, the world would and often does push aside to change the culture of our church. There's a woman in our church named Kate, she came up to me one day and she said, Emily. She said, I've been at this church for about a year. And she said, I want you to know that I came to this church because I heard how much this church loved Max. And she said she thought to herself, if that church can love Max, then I think that church can love me. See, there's this beautiful ripple effect that travels out into the community where people are hungry for that kind of authentic love. I brought you this silver cup, kind of small. It's dented and scratched and tarnished and old. If you were to see this cup in an antique shop, I'm pretty sure you'd probably walk right past it. If they were to put a monetary value on it, I don't think it would get very much. But this cup is precious. Because on the bottom, there's a tiny little mark. That's the mark of my great-grandfather. This cup is precious because it bears the mark of its creator. Every life, Every life is precious because every life bears the mark of our creator. Our value is not determined by our dents or scratches or tarnish or age or even our usefulness. Our value is determined by God because every life, every life, belongs to him. Genesis one twenty seven reads, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Many look at disability and question the goodness of God. We have big questions around disability. We look at people to try to understand who God is. But we have that backwards. We have to look at God to understand who people are. And he is the author of all of life. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the great I am. God is either sovereign over nothing or he is sovereign over all i am so thankful for this church for how you affirm the value of every life it's what we're called to do we are called to affirm the value of every life even when it's difficult maybe especially when it's difficult. Our journey has not been easy. It's been beautiful, but it's not been easy. Autism can come in waves and grip my son in ways that it would be hard for me to articulate. We've had a very difficult couple of years, And on top of those difficult years, not long ago, Max got stomach flu. Now, all I am going to say is that I was genuinely debating whether it would be more practical to continue cleaning or to simply bulldoze the house and rebuild. (laughs) You may fill in the blanks. It was 2 o'clock. In the morning, I had been cleaning for three days, caring for Max, tending to him. Two o'clock in the morning, and I am exhausted. Now, I began to pray silently. It was not a pity party. I was asking God a very practical question very practical. I have been a single mom since Max was 18 months old. Max has severe autism. It has been difficult. And I began to ask God, so is there some kind of a limit on the amount of service we are called to give? I began to wonder and ask, is there, is there some kind of a quota? Because I'm thinking, maybe, maybe I'm kind of close to that quota. <laughs> and I began to wonder, so I wonder what happens when you hit that quota. I mean, what do you do? I don't know. Do you just get to relax? I'm not sure. But I've got to be kind of close. Well, I got Max into bed and Something about bedtime, Max, just sort of looks at me like a, bed, a, a bellhop. And, Mom, can you get me a water? Mom, can you do this? Mom, can you do this? So you know. I just He's 28. It's still going. I had my hand on the light switch. So, so ready for him to go to sleep. I just needed to come downstairs and have a moment of a break and Max looked at me and he asked me yet another question and he said mom will you wash I cut him off I'm gonna tell you it was a bad mom moment with my hand on the light switch I said Max I have washed everything you have had three showers I've washed the sheets three times the carpet the walls Everything is washed now. Go to sleep. But Max wasn't phased. He sat up and smiled at me and asked his question again. He asked what he had never asked me in his entire life. And he said, Mom, will you wash my feet? It was as if Jesus had stepped beside me and pulled out a picture. He was with his disciples in the upper room the night before he died, the night before he was crucified and died for our sins, the night he was betrayed, He was with his disciples, and he wanted to show them the full extent of his love. So he got up, he poured a basin of water, he tied a towel around his waist. And the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, bent down on a filthy floor, Showing us how to live. Showing us how to love. He said, as recorded in John thirteen thirty four, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Yes. I found the sweetest smelling soap and the softest towels. And I had the privilege of washing my son's feet. Tonight, as we, this after the service, as we take... Communion, I hope you will take home a small square of towel. It's there for you to bring home as a reminder, to put in a drawer or a briefcase or a suitcase or a bag to find as a reminder when you have those moments, when you wonder, have I not met my quota Have I not done enough? May that towel be a reminder to you of the King of Kings calling us to serve. Jesus is our help and our hope. So we come to him asking him to help us with our own blindness in our hearts and in our communities, and in our churches, so that we don't miss the beauty of every life. We come to him knowing we too are on the side of the road, desperate for him. I need my Savior, Jesus, who meets me in my brokenness. He still comes close. He comes close to the disabled man. He comes close to the tired mom. He comes close to the overworked, weary man. He comes close to the woman grieving a loss. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he calls us to come close to. And he shows us not to silence the cries of those who want access to him, even when those cries disrupt our plans and our church services, even our mission. I brought Max a few years ago to a good service, a Good Friday service. Max has his Sunday morning service down. He's got it. He knows what to do. He is a routine guy, he loves his routine. So, coming to Good Friday service kind of throws him off a little bit. It's dark, it's somber, it's different. We were sitting out at the Welcome Center. Max wasn't quite sure what to do. He was very anxious. So I was sitting with him, and one of the deacons came out and said, Emily, we're not going to bring communion out as we might at other times to anyone who's sitting at the welcome center. We're asking everyone to come in and walk forward to receive communion. He said, do you think Max can do it? Well, I looked at our church. Max had never done such a thing. He'd never been in. It was dark and scary, and we had three churches worth of extra people in the church, and I thought, good a time as any. (laughs) So I wrote out a little list. I'm always making lists for Max. He loves that. It really helps him. And I wrote down that the bread is the body of Christ, and the juice is the blood of Christ. He knows that. I wrote down quiet voice. Every list always has quiet voice. Never works. But it's always on there, just a standard. I should have them pre printed. It's just always on there. I waited till the end when I felt like most of the people maybe had gone up so that we could just kind of get in there. You know, my idea was we get the juice. We get, the, we get the cracker, and we get out. That was kind of the plan. Right. I thought, we need drive through. We just get in and out. This is, might not go well. We got in, got into line. It looked like a clear shot, but a few people got in front of us. They didn't know. They didn't know. And Max got scared, and he cried out in that pin drop church and every head just turned around and looked all at once I wanted to evaporate I wanted to disappear I knew Max was gonna run I'm looking for avenues pathways where he's gonna run hoping no one's holding a coffee or someone frail that's gonna get knocked over but he didn't run he took a few more steps forward And he panicked again. He cried out, his voice echoing through the church. And once again, every head turned around. Only this time I realized they were smiling, they knew how special this was. They were loving him forward. Four times Max cried out before he got to the front of the church. He was afraid, but he knew it was too important to turn back. We got up in front of the pastor who was so overwhelmed that Max had done this, that he had come forward into the church for communion. Max took the juice. He took a cracker. And then I think he thought they looked pretty good. So he took a whole fist full of crackers. <laughs> and that I don't know what proper etiquette is. I don't think you dropped them back in. I don't know. So I just looked at the pastor and I said, He just wants more of Jesus. <laughs> the pastor started laughing. His shoulders are going up and down. He's trying to, trying to, maintained decorum max took the juice and he took the crackers and with all eyes on him he turned around and faced the congregation he didn't follow my plan that he's supposed to exit he loves to memorize scripture he held up the bread the crackers and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And then he held up the juice and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And then because Max loves to watch Catholic television Uh, um, in our evangelical church, he did this. (laughs) Max took communion with everyone watching, and those smiles turned to tears pouring down. People became overwhelmed See, Max's autism is an outward reminder of our inward spiritual disability and our desperate need for Jesus. That disruption in our church was as if God placed a giant neon arrow in the middle of our church saying watch where i'm working don't miss it it was a glimpse of the church as god has designed it to be beautiful listen to luke 14:13 again and hear it differently When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Did you hear that? Jesus isn't saying they will be blessed. Oh, we are remarkably blessed to be a part of our church. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying You, the church, will be blessed. We, all of us, we are the broken, leading the broken to our perfect Savior, Jesus. Every life is precious, unrepeatable, irreplaceable, indispensable, one-of-a-kind, and part of God's grand love story. Psalm 101 through 3, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for how you have designed your church. We thank you, Lord, for the beauty of every life that you have placed there. Open up our hearts and our eyes to see your goodness and your beauty and your your value in every single life. Lord, we celebrate you. May our lives be a testimony to your goodness and your grace. May you be exalted in all generations. And may we lift you up in the church. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.